Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. We are live on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. So for those watching live, for those braving the lack of sleep, like myself and my co-host over here, welcome to the show. If you're a wise individual and are listening to or watching the show after the fact, I don't blame you whatsoever. It was a long night at UFC 288. A lot happened, and we're going to talk about it all from a matchmaking perspective. So thank you very much for being with us. I am Mike Heck, and joining me, the man to my right, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the prince of positivity, damn it, my best friend. And he's a Boston Celtics fan, apparently. How Alexander dare you? Kaylee. Hello, Don't buddy. you ever say that my best friend. My best friend, I let you say anything you want. Don't you ever call me a Boston Celtic fan. I'm wearing the hoops of the majestic Celtic FC who are playing right now uh, against Hearts to try and clinch their 14th title in the last... 20 years. It's a real struggle. It's a real struggle for uh, Celtic fans, apparently. I'm a very new Celtic fan, but I've been told it's a painful, arduous process where your team only wins the title like nine. What? There's a one out of every 10 years you don't win the title. That just sounds horrible. So hopefully this is not that year. They have like six games to clinch. So really, it's almost impossible for them not to win. But I'm joining that struggle. I'm joining that struggle. So if I see if I start cheering, guys, you know, it's because Celtic scored. But uh, UFC, right? UFC 288. How about that? How about that show? Yes, how about that, show? And we'll get into your reactions and thoughts since I've been talking about it for several hours. But this is how it's going to work. Now, typically, we do the show audio only. We read listener submissions from the DMs and from the social media world. Uh, we'll try to do that as much as possible. We probably won't get to much today. Uh, I also have to check out of this hotel room in like 55 minutes. So... We'll probably go until the top of the hour, and then we got to cut her off. You're Mike uh, Heck. So, They're not gonna give you a hard out. They're gonna. They'll open the door. They'll see you recording. Ah, no, and they'll be like, "Oh, oh, sorry, sir. Like, oh, sorry. What? Please oh, continue. Yeah. Yeah, we were please just continue. watching downstairs. We were just watching. We just wanted to say how much we admire your work. <laughs> oh, here's a stay. Stay as long as you'd like. So <laughs> what we'll do. So what we'll do is, uh, we'll talk about the main card bouts, the matchmaking. If you guys have certain suggestions for the matchups that we're talking about. Drop them in the chat as we're going through them ourselves. We'll pull some of the comments up on screen. And then once we get through the wild card pick with whatever time we have left, we are going to just do a an all-out melee with all of your selections from fights that we didn't talk about, fights that maybe you disagreed with us and had different suggestions. We'll just pull them up on the screen. We'll react to them in real time, and we will go from there. So, AK, let us start. With the main event, Aljamain Sterling defeats Henry Cejudo. The scorecards were kind of wonky and all over the place. Uh, in the end, I think the right guy won. I scored at 48-47 in real time for Aljamain Sterling. 
I saw some people score for Henry Cejudo, more people scoring it for Aljamain Sterling. So this is probably not going to get a robbery review or anything like that. I nope, the head shaking is there, but it seems pretty obvious where we're going. And we knew where the stakes were for the winner of this fight. Sugar Sean O'Malley, who was sitting front row for the fight, comes in to the octagon. Things get a little hectic. Barab Dewalishvili with the moment of the night, steals Sean O'Malley's jacket, puts it on, jumps on top of the octagon. It was just incredible theater, but Dana White even admitted, eh, probably shouldn't let those two guys square off at the end of the night. But that's where we're going. And if it's up to Dana White, this fight's happening pretty quickly. They're going to turn it around in August. Boston, Massachusetts, what a location for a fight of, or any fight, if we're being honest. Uh, John Anik said on the broadcast, August 19th is the date that the UFC is targeting for their return to Boston. And if Dana White has his druthers, it's going to be Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley on that card. So, this is going no other direction. So your thoughts on Aljo's performance, the scorecards, how did you score it? And are you excited for Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley? Yeah, yeah, my best friend. We don't even get a point for this one when it, when it eventually gets booked. We don't really need to sing Friends Forever. It's so obvious. This was the matchup to make. I mean, before Cejudo came back, we want to see him fight Aljo. So uh, yeah, great, great to see that that's going to happen. Uh, as for the fight, like, okay, so for the fight itself, because I'm not a, fa- I wasn't a fan of it being made. I was definitely intrigued. Um, you know, when it was booked, and I'm like, oh, this will be a cool contest, and it was, it was. This was, this was high level martial arts. It's not one of the most like exciting um, title fights you'll ever see from just a pure action standpoint. But I thought there was a lot of tension. I thought both guys showed a lot of skill. Henry Cejudo looked, I thought he looked really, really good um, after a three year layoff. Not that we should be surprised. He's like one of the, you know, he's one of the best all around combat sports athletes of all time. So. So even even though again, like I still I still hated him getting the tell shot. Even after seeing, I, I never, it was never about his possible performance. I never, excuse me, <clears throat> I never wanted um, you know someone else. <clears throat> Jeez, Louise, it's all that cheering for the Boston Celtics. Cheering for the stop that you stop that right now. <laughs> stop that right now. Uh, I never questioned the title shot based on Cejudo's ability. Okay, we all we all know Cejudo has still been involved in martial arts, coaching, training. I I I sincerely doubted that he would come back and fight anyone, whether Aljamain Sterling or anyone in the top five, and just get like blown out. Very unlikely. Um, he's 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 thirty six, but again, the time off. You know, you could always argue that that's good for a fighter to be able to willingly take that time off to retire on their own terms, to be able to co- take that physical mental rest to come back. And I think you did see a lot of that. Did he suffer from being away? Sure. Sure, I I totally entertain the argument. If this had happened, if this fight happened three years ago, one Cejudo would have been pretty uh, favored going in, and two probably uh, you know would have had enough to make it an even more competitive fight and possibly take a a, a more convincing decision. I, I have no problem with people scoring the the fight for him because he would have gone uh, two, five, and I think three. I want to say three was the other one that was in dispute. I think one and four were where uh, all three judges agreed for all Joe. And uh, the only one that was unanimous for Cejudo was two, if I'm mistaken. I, I'm not looking at the official scorecard right now, but so, something yeah, to that. You're right. Yeah, something to that effect. So yeah, Cejudo did great. I I thought it was a pretty good win for Sterling. Um, I just uh, I think Cejudo, even though he got some takedowns, didn't get quite enough offense with um, the striking exchanges were pretty even. But I thought Sterling was landing the bigger shots. But again, a 48-47 score. For Cejudo, which one of the judges gave, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So that's why, Mike, I've sort of put up the poll there of, uh, I just want to put up, should should Henry Cejudo continue fighting after UFC 288? I don't think he will. I said before, he was coming back to win. He was coming back to set up a fight with Alexander Volkanovsky. This does not mean he can't get that fight. The UFC really likes him. Maybe he does just jump up to 145 and then has to fight a, you know, a top five, top 10 featherweight. And if he wins, you know, then the UFC would be happy to have him fight Volkanovski. But I think with the amount of work he put in, and and again, I'm sure he'll look back on the tape and be pretty proud of his his performance, even though he lost. Um, you know, he kept saying last night, if you're not, if you're not first, you're last. And that, that's good. That's a good mentality to have. Um, you know, if you want to be a champion, which he's been multiple times. But uh, I also think it's again, he's got a family, he has money, he doesn't need to fight. I think he also he proved a lot to himself again that he could still compete. So uh, again, I I don't know if you made a pick for um, for Cejudo, but I'm thinking that uh, 
I'm thinking he, he doesn't fight again after this. I'm not sure what your read on the situation is. It's it's kind of how I viewed this fight, 50-50. Um, I don't know. There were certain things about that post-fight press conference that stood out to me. Uh, Jed called it like kind of a bummer because he was just like so, so down on himself and he was like really accepting what happened. And he was just, he wanted members of the media to be like, did I, I won, right? Like, tell me I won. And it's just a weird thing to, I mean, for Cejudo to come back and put it all on the line and return after that three-year layoff with his legacy sets the way that it was and the accolades and the resume that he has put together. And to see a guy who is so competitive just come to terms with it in front of the world, like in those moments, just really fascinating to watch. I don't know if he comes back. If he does 145, I would go all in on the Max Holloway fight if I were him, even though I think that's a horrible matchup for him. I think Max Holloway just wins that fight in pretty dominant fashion. Um, but if he wants to stay at 135, if he if if he goes home and talks to his wife and they go on their vacation and like a couple weeks later, they return and Henry's like, yeah, I'm coming back. There it is right there. He seemed to, uh, he seemed to get a little more uppity on the mention of Marab Dwellishwili, and <laughs> especially if Aljamain Sterling beats Sean O'Malley, which I think a lot of people are going to favor him to do. They may not be rooting for Aljamain Sterling to win that fight, but I think most people breaking down the match and making an actual pick on it are going to pick Aljamain Sterling to win that fight. I am, unless I see something just insane in the build to that fight, I will be picking Aljamain Sterling as well. Um, if Cejudo goes in there and beats Marab Dwellish Willie and Aljo wins and goes up to 145, guess who's going to get thrown in for a vacant title fight? It's oh. got to be Henry Cejudo. So I don't think the door is completely slammed shut. I don't think he ever fights Aljamain Sterling again. I think that's that ship has sailed. But mm. to say he has no chance of getting back to a title fight at 135, I think he does have a chance. But he's going to have to beat. I think Marab would be a, a, a good challenge for him to come back to. It would be a really interesting styles clash. But I don't know, man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's like it, it. It does feel like a lot of it is is in his court. I think the UFC would be happy to have uh, Henry Cejudo keep competing. Um, again, they were happy to give him the title shot. There were other. I think there were other people who could have. Again, we said O'Malley seemed to have been the logical option. But look, it looks like they're going to get that fight anyway. So if you're the UFC, no regrets, right? No regrets. And they would have been happy to pair up O'Malley with Cejudo too. So. This wasn't a situation where it's like they needed Aljo to win. Um, they would have been, whoever was winning tonight was going to get O'Malley next. And uh, so, in that sense, the booking, as much as I complain about Suhu getting the shot, didn't hurt them. Didn't hurt them. Probably didn't hurt the division in the long run. Again, there's some other bantamweights that you know are kind of having to knock each other off to stay in the contender line. That's the nature of the business. That's the nature of a deep division. Uh, again, I'd rather would have seen someone get a fresh, you know, one of these fresh challengers get in there, but. It worked out. And like I said, I, th I thought it was, it was a good main event. It was a good main event. Can't complain. And sorry, just to quickly answer, you did ask about uh, my thoughts on uh, Sterling and O'Malley. Yeah, I'm all in on it, man. I think I think it's it's uh, it's it's the right way to go. Love the matchup. Very, Sterling's going to be a big favorite. We're going to, once again, Mike, we're going to run the same storyline. I feel like we're running against, ahead of all of his title defenses. Like, is this the fight, Mike? Is this the fight where Sterling gets universal respect, but he'll be in Boston? I know uh, you guys from the New England area are, are uh, fond of your O'Malley's in the area, so so I've heard. And uh, so he's going to get booed like hell. Two, it again almost feels like a situation where if he wins a competitive fight, it's like, oh man, he was a huge favorite going in. How did he not just like submit O'Malley in two minutes? And if he submits O'Malley in two minutes, it's like, oh, well, O'Malley can't grapple, so or is a bad wrestler, so it's you know Sterling submitted in two minutes. I don't know. I, I At this point, I'm not sure what Sterling can do to um you know become a beloved champion like a like a george st pierre or even like a even like a, a hugely respected champion like a dominic cruz in his own division like how can he become number one i don't know because the names on his resume are pretty good but something about his personality was people the wrong way his fights are always just not quite that dominant performance he needs you know you feel like you want except for that Corey sanhagen win you just don't see him get that dominant championship win, which is again is what really takes you know the most famous UFC champions to the next level. So, I'm not sure what he can do, but maybe this is his lot in life, Mike. Maybe this is his his uh, he is the straight one of the strangest champions, you know. 
Yeah, this, I mean, this fight's going to be, it's going to be huge. It's going to be massive. It's going to be way bigger than this one, if we're being honest. No disrespect to Henry Cejudo, but Sean O'Malley's the biggest bag, biggest star in this division. It's the biggest money fight at 135 right now. Um, the only other thing that could have been different is if somehow we got Cheeto Vera versus Sean O'Malley, two for a vacant title. That would have been the only other thing that would have been bigger than this, but he gets a big bag of money now, and he's in a good spot. And even if he wins, people are going to say, well, O'Malley was never that good to begin with. So I think, honestly, for people to, to, to change their tune, he's going to have to whoop O'Malley and then find a way to fight Volkanovsky and beat him somehow. And then it's just like, all right, maybe that'll do it. I don't know. But good win for Aljamain Sterling. I enjoyed the fight. I watched it again this morning. It's a, it's a good rewatch, too. It's just it's a good little chess match. It was a lot of fun. So Sterling gets it done. We'll see what happens with Henry Cejudo. Bilal Muhammad, AK, what a performance. The fight kind of went the way I thought it was going to go, where Bilal just, they were going to be competitive a little bit early, and then Bilal was just going to pull away as the fight went on. Clearly, Gilbert Burns had some arm issues. I don't know if it was something that happened in the middle of the fight or something that he entered the octagon with, which I saw some people saying, why would he take this fight with an injury? Uh, people in the media who would probably be more in the know about this than I would. And if that's the case... How ironic is that when all the talk heading in was there's the ankle, ankle gates, Bilal Muhammad, and he moved around great, looked good, and he dominated Gilbert Burns, biggest win of his career. And according to Dana White and all the pre-fight build, Bilal Muhammad's next fight is going to be for a UFC, well, it's going to be for the UFC welterweight title. But I don't think we're all convinced that that is the case. It should be the case, 100%. But is that the case for you, AK? Are you saying, are you going to say in a live microphone right now that Bilal Muhammad's next fight is going to be for the welterweight title? Uh, yes, I will. Yes, I will. For the sake of positivity and to speak it into existence, Bilal Muhammad's next fight will be for the welterweight title. So I will go I will go on record and say it. Mike, he was so giddy at the post-fight press conference. He was so happy to want to get a big win over a guy like Gilbert Burns, someone who I'm sure he respects and who has been entrenched in that top five like if, if anyone i imagine Bilal was you know at the at top five like right number five for a lot of people maybe going into this fight and if he wasn't now he is he's clearly a top five welterweight um again maybe he has been for a long time he just hasn't been getting his due but he was so giddy he was so happy like you said that dana white said it so i i don't want to i don't know i don't want to rain on that parade because the it just makes sense either again he fights the winner of edwards covington which is a bit of a tough wait, though, because we don't, that fight is not even booked yet. And then whenever that's done, who knows how much longer till the winner of that fight wants to fight again. Um, Colby has, hasn't been the most active guy. Again, there's reasons for that. But he's also at the stage of his career where he can pick and choose. And you know he's going to... I don't know if he's going to want to build up a fight with Bilal if he beats Leon Edwards. Um, he should. It's a great natural rivalry. And Colby's usually pretty good at acknowledging those. But again, there's a chance he, I don't know, vibes for some sort of weird super fight. Give me the chance, you know, give me the Chandler McGregor winner or some crap like that. I could totally see Covington saying that. I could see Leon Edwards saying that too. Um, so this is where the, the question marks come up for Bilal. But yeah, if, if it's all fair, Bilal should hopefully be able to just sit on his butt, wait for the fight to happen, and wait for the call to come to get the winner. Um, and at the very, at worst, he is the backup for that fight. Uh if something happens to that fight, you know, ahead of time, like either Edwards or um, Colby Covington can't compete, Bilal is the first call to stand, come in as a replacement, either to fight Leon, you know, for the title or to fight Colby for an interim title. He's in a great spot. He's in a great spot. Strong performance. Um, I saw some people saying it was it was like, oh, it, it wasn't the most exciting fight, whatever. But listen, this is that's not Bilal's fault. Bilal does what he does to win. Um, and again, if you're fighting Gilbert Burns, you're not going in there and swing hammer and toss them. That's the only way he was going to lose that fight. I think everyone, most people predicted either Muhammad by decision or Burns finish in the first or second round if, if you're picking Burns. So it went to the cards. We got Bilal, Bilal win. Mike, I'm, I'm optimistic. Within the next 12 months, he'll be fighting for some, some, for, uh, some form of gold. I'm kind of with you. Like, I just want to put the positive juju out there that he does fight for the belt next. But you mentioned the name. You mentioned probably the one name that could cause a wrinkle to this. And it's Conor McGregor. It's Conor McGregor. Because 
that season of the Ultimate Fighter is going to come out. People are going to go bananas for it. Dana just can't stop talking about it. And, you know, from people that I've spoken to kind of in the know about it, like it's going to be a fun watch. It's going to be a fun watch. And the amount of momentum that that McGregor Chandler fight's going to have throughout that season. And then when it's over is going to be at a sky high. Now it's just a matter of when that fight happens. If they do Leon versus Colby in October and they book McGregor versus Chandler in December, if I'm below Muhammad, I'm making sure that I get a title shot like in January or February, like make sure that fight is like on the books because if Connor goes out there and melts Michael Chandler and calls for a title shot, he's probably going to get it if the timing lines up. So if, if he comes out of that fight unscathed with Chandler, it can turn right back around February or March. You know, Connor's going to get that fight against either Leon Edwards or Colby Covington. It's just, especially with Connor, he's only got two fights left in this deal. So did, he, it, Connor probably ain't signing an extension until that's over. He becomes a three division champion and enters free agency. Holy shit. That'd be like unprecedented. We'll never see anything like that again. So, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to play the optimism card, even though I'm a little hesitant to do so. Blah Muhammad's next fight should be for the title. And if they go to Abu Dhabi and Colby's kind of a pain to deal with, the UFC should just say, all right, we're moving on and just give Bilal the shot. Because if they do it in Abu Dhabi, they do Islam versus either Darius or Dustin Poirier in the main event. And then you do Bilal Muhammad fighting for the welterweight title in the co-main event. That is, that is going to be huge for that area. And Fantastic. Bilal will look like a massive star getting that title shot. So we'll see what happens. Great performance. For Bilal Muhammad. Now for Gilbert Burns, AK. I kind of feel, and I I don't know the relationship. I know that this this individual has trained at Kill Cliff and, and does training there, but I don't think he's like a full-fledged member of the squad. I don't know what the relationship is. I don't think it really matters here. I feel like Gilbert Burns, when he heals up, is gonna have to fight Shafkar Rachmanov, AK. Yep. He's gonna have to fight Shafkar Rachmanov. Yeah, uh, yes. We all thought that when uh, Dana White made the Colby Covington, you know, is definitely going to get the next title shot at Leon announcement, that one Bilal was getting screwed. And then shortly after we heard, oh, and now Bilal has to fight Shafkat Rachmanov. So uh, it's weird. It's weird to say, because like I said, I have so much respect for Gilbert Burns. But I guess at this point, Shafkat is one is the boogeyman, um, not counting Kamzat, because we don't know if Kamzat is even competing at 170 anymore. Shafkat is the new boogeyman of the division. And... The loser of this fight, yeah, that's kind of the consequence, is that they that they had to fight Shavkat. And again, if you're Gilbert, you're all for it. Like I said, he stepped in there with Hamza. He went three rounds just swinging flames with uh, with Hamza. So he uh, has no problem testing himself against uh, against Shavkat Rachmanov. Again, super deadly guy all around. Great fight. That's probably that's probably the right way to go. And I'm sure again, like you're right. As long as they're not like they didn't become super buddy buddy. Um, having trained at the same place, I don't see why that matchup can't happen, Mike. Yeah, that that's got to be it. Unless they do Shafkat versus U, because Jed brought up like if they do Shafkat versus Kamara Usman and Shafkat wins that fight, maybe Shafkat jumps Bilal Muhammad. I don't think that's the case, and I also, and I also don't think Kamara Usman's gonna like jump right into a fight with Shafkat. Hamzat's a different animal because of where he's at right now, like Shafkat to the hardcore fan is, is a problem and he's going to fight for a belt might even win it. But Hamzat is just, a. I mean, if he's not a star, he's right there much further ahead in that department than, than Shafkat is. So I don't know if the, the risk reward is, is quite there from a prize fighting perspective for Kamaru has been like the Hamzat Shamaya fight will be. So we'll see what happens with Gil Burns. Hopefully he's, he heals up nicely. Uh, Obviously handled the loss with class. Just posted on social media a picture with Bilal Muhammad wishing him the best and to go win that title. So let's move on. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. 
This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. Let us move on to another obvious one. At least it, sh- it better be, AK. Yang Zhaonan melts Jessica Andrade in the first round. That was her first finish in the UFC, and she's had a pretty good run. And she just rinses Jessica Andrade. What a performance. She looked incredible. She kind of had Jessica Andrade just swinging and missing. And she used her range really well and just clocks her with an overhand right. Killer instinct finishes her in the first round. The UFC gets an absolute layup on their hands. They got to give her the title fight, right? Like I, I wasn't really sure. Like to me, if Yanja was going to win, she was going to win a, a pretty competitive decision. That didn't happen here. She went out there and just kaboom, got her out of there. You got to do this fight now, right? We got to do Zhang Wei Li versus Yan Zhanan for the title. Like this is kind of a boring episode because, yeah, I feel like the top three fights gave us very logical championship contenders. Um, again, logical is maybe a word we should add to, you know, deserved and fair uh, as far as being on the banned list when discussing combat sports. But there's money to be made here. Uh, Yan Shanan and, and Zhang Wei Li are, are, you know, listen, they're both from China, but they have spoken many times. Uh, or I know Yan has. I'm not sure how much Zhang has, but Yan has spoken many times about the possibility of fighting Zhang Wei Li, what an honor it would be. And of course, if they could make the fight happen in China, I mean, that's just dollars, dollars upon dollars upon dollars. Um, the 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 M- MMA in China is still like, obviously with the UFC, with Zhang Wei Li and with some of the other fighters from there, it's still like developing as far as popularity goes. It's not like, it, it is still not the old, um, you know, conception of uh, that China is a place that still has, you know, more respect for and sort of uh, praise for the, the traditional martial arts like Kung Fu and, you know, things like that is it's true. It's true. They still that's why there's that huge uproar with that guy going around uh, Buddy Elbow did a lot of stories and the guy going around the MMA fighters kind of go around beating up like old school martial arts practitioners. That was like the, that made a lot of people mad over there uh, and understandably so. But a fight like Zhang Wei Li versus Yan Shonan could do a lot to like that could be a pivotal moment in really establishing the popularity of MMA in China. Um, listen, uh, Zhang Wei, super exciting fighter, just a specimen, um, just a model for someone that you would want representing your country. I think she just she just looks so fantastic. And then uh, Yan Shana is really hitting her stride, man. I, I thought she had a chance against Entourage. I picked Entourage, and I did not predict a Yan knockout. I thought she could sort of do like a Joanna Jacek type of thing, kind of outwork her, outstrike her. That was that would not have surprised me. Just smoking a wild, reckless uh, Jessica Andrade really caught me off guard. I, I'm a little disappointed in Andrade. I think she did not respect the striking of Jan enough. I don't think that's a hot take. Again, anyone who saw the finish is like, what, what was Andrade doing? So, but that doesn't matter. Jan got the win. Big knockout. Exactly the kind of statement you need to make if you are talking about a title shot beforehand and then you finish a two-division threat. I think one of the best female fighters of all time, future Hall of Famer, Jessica Andrade. This is your moment. She should get the shot. Rose Namajunas, if you're out there, you're going to... Listen, you can get that Zhang Weili title fight anytime you want. You've beaten her twice, but I keep saying this every time I mention Rose. She's out there. She's chilling. If she doesn't want to fight right now or she's planning on changing weight classes, good for her. Good for her. She's done enough at 115. She's done enough in fighting in general. If she just wants to chill out and again and let people fight. But um, I think the moment has passed for now for her to get that third uh, Zhang fight, possibly a third win over Zhang. I think she has to move out of the way. And I think Jan just slides right in there. And uh, you get a massive fight. That's If it happens anywhere, it'll be a big fight. But if they can get it happening in China, that would be awesome. Yeah. And now we could do... Rose versus Jessica Andrade three. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Could be a one fifteen. Right can be a one twenty five. If yep. Rose wins, the UFC can give her a title shot. If that's what they want to do, but Rose better not be getting the title shot now. It better not happen. That <laughs> would be so weird. That, and, then Jan, and then Jan has to just take some other random like what? Well, just that would be so strange. Yeah. Now we go to the most fun fight on the card. Mavzar Ivloyev, a minus 900 favorite, heading into his fight with newcomer Diego Lopez. I did not expect to have as much fun as I had watching that fight. Diego Lopez 
had Mavzar Avloyev in some hairy positions, but Avloyev just tough as hell, man. Guy is so good. He's so durable. Diego Lopez's stock rose immensely. And AK, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something here. Uh, some history, if you will. And it just kind of works out. I'm going to match make for both of these guys. I'm going to match make for both of these guys. Diego Lopez talked to Dana White after. Dana was going to give him his win bonus anyways. And I'm going to give him a matchup here. Diego Lopez is going to fight Charles Jordan next. That's the fight I want to see. I want to oh. see those two guys fight. How so convenient. that's what I'm going with there. So I'm knocking two off the bat here. <laughs> For Mob Zarevloyev, I'm giving this man a step up in competition. It's not Bryce Mitchell. I'm going higher. I'm going higher than that. If Ilya Taporia gets to fight Josh Emmett, Mob Zarevloyev gets to fight Arnold Allen. That's what I want. I want to give this man a step up in competition. I want to see it. I want to see this fight. It may not happen, but if we're going to get to Mavzar versus Ilya, which is the fight we really want to see, that's the that's the way we do it, and we get there as quick as possible. So Mavzar versus Arnold Allen. I don't know if Arnold's going to be ready to return by July, maybe sometime this summer, early fall. Let's go. That's the one I want to see. Mike, I think we need to queue up the band. Again? I think we need to queue up the van for real this time. For, I don't think this was an obvious pick. No. One, two, three. Friends, Friends forever. forever. Nice, dude. That's yeah. There that we go. Was the, that was the best. I think, you know what? Like you said, I think I'm jumping a little too early. This was, I waited for you. Arnold Allen. Yeah, Arnold Allen. I, I, I had to use process of elimination here. I will say it, it didn't jump out at me right away. Um, just going like sort of from the top of the rankings and down. Max Holloway. Let's not do the Arnold Allen thing again where we throw in a, you know, a potential title challenger with uh, with Max Holloway and then make them take two steps back because Max Holloway. Not, I'm not again, not saying Evloyev can't beat him. Not saying Arnold Allen didn't have a chance to beat him. But Max Holloway, Max Holloway is just damn, just that damn good. So why risk it? Sure, he fights Avloyev, he beats Avloyev. Maybe we get him in Volkanovski 3, but I just Volkanovski just doesn't seem to want that matchup, and why should he? Um, say, did I say 3? 4? 4? 3. How many times they what? fought, Mike? How many times Max Holloway and uh, Volkanovski fought? 3 times, right? 3 times. <laughs> 3 times, sorry. Um, 4, I'm sorry. Holloway and Volkanovski 4. Uh, Korean zombie down there. No, that would be, be a promotional malpractice if they put in Avloyev and zombie. That's just, if I see that happen, I will leave MMA. I will tell you right now. If I see that even targeted, I will leave MMA. Uh, <laughs> Josh Emmett versus, uh, yeah, Elio Toporio winner. I, I do like the idea, Mike, of him eventually fighting Toporio down the road. I do wonder if Toporio wins, if he might just angle for a title shot because he's on a good run. At his resume, I know he doesn't have the names, it would feel like. But again, if Volkanovsky is just sticking around at 145, he's going to need a challenger. I feel like Toporio might get it. And he can just say, well, I beat, you know, if he beats Josh Emmett, I just beat a guy who fought for the interim title. Why can't I get a title shot next? It's possible. And then um, Calvin Cater, I have just above Avloyev right now. It just, that fight just, just doesn't make sense right now. I could see it down the road, but it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I settled on um, on Arnold Allen. Uh, really, really both him and um, Avloyev should be kind of hunting for that Ortega fight. But I get the sense with Ortega, he's no, he's in no rush to come back from his injury. Why should he be? Especially... To come back and say, oh, your first fight from injury, you're fighting Arnold Allen, or you're fighting Mozart Vloyev. Why would he do that? So um, a take I just kind of removed from the equation for now. And Mike, that's how we end up friends forever pick with uh, Arnold Allen. So I like it. Yeah, and Giga Chikadze has been running around doing a bunch of interviews, spoke with our own Damon Martin, and said that the UFC is discussing a fight between Giga Chikadze and, and Brian Ortega, which I don't really love that fight for Giga, <laughs> if we're being honest. But... I mean, look, if you're Giga and they offer you a guy like Brian Ortega, you got to take that. So do you have a, what's your pick for Charles Jordan? Gets the win over Crone Gracie. Oh, yeah. It's not a fight. Any of us are going to go back and watch again. <laughs> it's, I don't really blame Charles Jordan for yeah. that, but uh, I think Crone Gracie's UFC run probably coming to an end at this point. Dana White was not overly thrilled <laughs> with Crone Gracie's performance, especially after the four year layoff. Didn't seem like a ton of evolution there, but Charles Jordan, back in the win column. What do you want to see for your fellow Canadian? Yeah. Uh, Charles is such a – I'll be honest, straight up. I have no gauge for how good Charles Jordan could be. We're, what, 10, 11 fights into his UC career so far. And I, I don't know. I guess based on the results, you could say you know what his ceiling is. But he, it feels like a guy who at times 
underperforms or fights to the level of his opponent. So that's both a good thing and a bad thing. Um, though he hasn't quite been able to step up when the when the opportunity has come calling. So uh, I want to give him another chance to step up. Again, he just hasn't beaten a top 25, top 30 guy. That's what kind of puts him in this weird position. Very cool of him to get this main card pay-per-view opener, um, you know, kind of off back off the name of his opponent. But uh, so I went with Billy Quarantillo for now. Again, Billy's coming off a loss. I consider Billy a pretty solid top 30, top 25 guy. Jordan's not there yet. He's And um, this is a chance again to jump in there. Maybe he finally breaks through, but there's a lot of ways you go with it. Because again, the, the Crone matchup in the first place was so strange. Um, I, I even, go, even going into it, I had no idea where Wynn would put Jordan. And I'm kind of just as confused after, given how, um, how the fight actually unfolded. Okay, so we did talk about this on the post-fight show. Shaheen brought this up. It was brought up by Dave here. If Crone's about to have one more fight, what do you think? It's right there. This is my wild card pick. So oh. Dave Sandine. Dave Sandine. One, two, three, four. Friends forever. <laughs> yes. We're uh hopefully he he got the timing there. Yeah, if Crone decides to stick around, if the UFC wants Crone to stick around, that's just a fun way to do it. And before people say, well, why don't, why don't they just do a grappling competition instead? Doesn't that make more sense? And because, no, Mike, this is one situation where I want to see the martial arts mixed. <laughs> I want the possibility. Of course, you want to see them grapple. You want to see some fun scrambles. You want to see them eventually get into a 50-50 position and see if, if Crone Gracie can deal with the, you know, the master of that position. But I also want the possibility of like, I need some ground and pound. I want the possibility of some, you know, some crappy kickboxing. Um, so I'm just like throwing my haymaker for no reason. I'm against the mixing of the martial arts, except when the mixing of the martial arts is likely to result is likely to result in something super dumb. So, Crone, please stick around. UFC, please keep him around. Ryan Hall, get healthy. This is the this is the fight to make. That's my wild card pick. Someone said earlier that. The fight to make was Mobzar of Loya versus Dan Hooker. Um, that made more sense than Arnold Allen. But Dan Hooker's got a fight booked with Jalen Turner, and he's a lightweight. I know he fought at 145 in his most recent fight, or a couple of fights ago against Arnold Allen, and that did not go well. The weight cut took a lot of toll on him, and I don't think he's going back to 145 to fight Mobzar of Loya. So just wanted to throw that out there. So that was your wild card selection. Uh, didn't mean to spoil it like that. My apologies. I mean, this is such an easy wild card pick, AK. Such an easy wild card pick. It's Parker Porter versus Sergey Pavlovich. The winner gets John Jones, one hundred percent. Finally, no. yeah, finally. finally. So maybe we get no. It's Braxton um, Smith. Um, I bigged him up a lot. Listen, uh, I had a lot of people telling me he was maybe not ready for prime time, and uh, they were right. They were right. All those people were right. They, they were. They were really right. That fight was incredible to watch. I, I mean, just I was I, I couldn't wait to watch it, and it was everything I dreamed it could be. Uh -huh. it I stand just, by it. As, that was my sleeper pick. I stand by that. I still stand by that. By the way, it was fun. It was kind of hilarious. This is absolutely. This is the only fight I want to see for Braxton. Chris Barnett will kill him. Maybe. But I mean, just 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 listening to the to the broadcast put over Braxton Smith at Smith's athleticism was the best mm. the best the flag football abilities just all of it I loved it I loved how they tried to put him over and then Parker Porter just kind of did the damn thing I'm obviously not going Parker Porter versus Sergey Pavlovich although that would be the funniest thing ever is like Jeez. the co-main event to John Jones versus Stipe Miocic <laughs> I'll tell you what man I was incredibly impressed and I'm not surprised by this by the Octagon debut of Ikram Alaskarov. That dude should have never been on the contender series. Absolute travesty that he had to fight on the friggin' contender series to get into the UFC. This man is going to be a problem at 185 pounds. An absolute problem. So I'm ready to just chuck him right in there with that with that goalpost. Get him right in there. Brad Tavares right away. Woo. Second fight, get him right in there with Brad Tavares. I think this guy's the real deal. I said it after his contender series fight. I said even before his contender series fight, this guy is going to shake things up at 185 and he could do so very quickly. And guess what? He's got Hamza Chemaev to put him over like Rover because Hamza has been saying since day one that Al Scaroff was the toughest guy he's ever fought. Even said that after the Gilbert Burns fight. Al Scaroff is still the toughest guy I've ever shared the octagon. That's the only loss in Al, Sc Al Scaroff's career. 
What's the Hamzat Shemaev got laid out with an uppercut? This there's a problem. So let's go. Give him Brad Tavares and see how he does. Uh, you mentioned Hamza. Also, Islam just like 35 minutes ago just shared a a picture of him and Ikram. It looks like they're from either training or from a from a competition. So uh, this guy has worked with some with some killers, and he is a killer. He was a I think he was like a two to one favorite going in, which is pretty good against Phil Haas, who like hasn't again. He's not like a top like a top 20 middleweight, but he's had a pretty good like career. Um, Pretty respectable guy. So I think to be favored against him uh, in your debut says a lot. And yeah, look, he took care of business. He did what he's supposed to do as a favorite. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know where this, the, the middleweight division has kind of got some sneaky like uh, guys who don't have the UFC experience yet. But you could see a lot of these guys contending for the title very, very soon. Obviously, I'm talking about Bo Nickel as well. And then um, Kyle Bahalio just made a strong, a big statement. So if you're Izzy, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't feel compelled to move up to like two hundred five. Because stick around a little bit, uh, maybe face Trickus <laughs> if he manages to uh, to beat Robert Whitaker somehow, or do that um, trilogy bout with Whitaker, and then uh, see if one of these guys shakes out. Because there's uh, he he has a lot of ways to build his legacy at one eighty five, and I'd love to see him just just stick around there and fight Bo Nickel someday, fight Iskram someday. He's got options. Denny Capis woke up woke up pretty grumpy today. Just. Winners fight losers in this sport, man. That's what happens. Happens in the UFC all the time. He also said that's he hates. You... He also said he hates Friends Forever, the song. So, I mean, that's that tells you everything you need to know. Danny, iconic I hope you... song. Danny, I hope you're okay. That's all. Yeah, I, I hope, hope you're all right. I have a cup okay. of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll pour one up. Cheers to you, Denny. We're here for you, Denny. We're Sip here. Sip my Dunkin' Donuts black ice coffee. Ooh. Here we go. All right, let's uh let's get let's get crazy here. Oh God, I'll t- let me let him know. It's melee time. Get all your suggestions in now. We're going to go through as many as we can over the next probably 15 minutes or so. Uh, Pro Fights Info already gave us a list, ready to go. Uh, sorry if these have been discussed. Fights to make Aljo versus O'Malley, Suhudo versus Marab, Bilal versus Champ, Gilbert versus Loser of Colby Leon, Jan Whaley, Jordan versus Barboza. Jordan did call for that fight. Uh, Chrome Gracie versus. Ryan Hall. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's uh, the one that everyone, be the pop, a very popular fight. Everyone was talking about it after. Oh, sorry. I should say, uh, let me end the poll while pe- so people can focus on uh, sending in their matchmaking suggestions. Should Henry Cejudo continue fighting after UFC 288? 70% yes. People are happy to see Triple C back, and they want more. He performed. He looked He looked great in the main event. Tristan, uh, Rolando Bedoya, he looked really good, too, versus Lyman Good. Lyman Good's been out doing some acting. He's yes. getting acting roles. He hasn't fought yes. in a while. But if he's ready to come back, I'm down. Diego Lopez versus Billy Q. Oh, God, that's a fun-ass fight. That's a good choice. That's a good Chaos choice. Williams versus Jeremiah Wells. I like that one, too. Yep. I like that one as well. Good stuff, Tristan. Good stuff well, as always, Tristan. Um, where are we here? It's tough navigating with this whole thing. Let's see. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? I think, I've, I think I'm caught up. Okay. Uh, Ryan Hall, Crone Gracie in a boxing match. Okay. <laughs> so influencer boxing. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, Aaron wants to know, do we feel any better about O'Malley's chances against Aljamain Sterling after last night? Uh, I don't know if that's implying that Aljo had a, listen, he had a bit of a tough time with Cejudo, but that's more credit to Cejudo than anything. Um, again, I, I'm not a Cejudo fan. I think people should know. I, I'm not a Cejudo fan. Like just his act. I don't like the whole King of Cringe thing. I know that's the point. And I was like, oh, you're not supposed to like it's a King of Cringe. Well, that's just dumb. You, it, unless unless you're unless you're you know you're really creating an act that like draws a, a act that people hate and draws money then great i don't think people are spending pay-per-view money because like oh i love his cringe act i'm going to spend 80 dollars of pay-per-view like no that's not a thing um but yeah but again the whole uh, sorry i got distracted uh, tangent credit to cejudo he looked great that's had nothing to do with with uh sterling i think being off or or not looking like a good. If anything, I think it's a huge credit to Sterling that he was able to deal with the wrestling, able to deal with, um, I think Suda's really good boxer, just able to deal with all this stuff and and get again eke out a win that was close but not like super controversial. I still I I would still pretty heavily favor Aljo though. I said the same thing when um, O'Malley fought Jan and I thought O'Malley looked awesome against Jan. So I don't know. Big Capper and Alex oh. McAdam were kind of on the same page here. Favola versus Dan Hooker, win or lose. And Big Capper says Drew Dober versus Jalen Turner after Dan Hooker, win or lose. So, I mean, kind of a bizarro world, friends forever there, but, <laughs> but we got there. 
I, yeah, we didn't even talk about Drew Dober and Matt Frivola, which was most people sort of pick for the obvious prelim standout. It definitely lived up to it as far as um, ex- an exciting finish goes. Matt Frivola, a weird guy to place now because I have Drew Do- I had Drew Dober on top of Dean. I kind of decided to keep him in there. I just, again, his, his 2022 run was so strong. I don't feel the need to like penalize him so badly for a first round knockout loss. It happens, I guess, when you have Drew Dober style. Uh, but at the same time, Favola also has like these weird losses. Like he got knocked out in like what seven seconds by Terrence McKinney, and I have him way above Terrence McKinney now. Huge MMA math problem because Dober beat McKinney, but McKinney beat Favola. So listen, guys, you you figure it out however you want. Rankings are dumb anyway. Um, so yeah, I wasn't I I didn't pick him as my, my wild card because I really wasn't sure which direction to go to. I don't know if you have some idea, Mike, for what you would have done with Matt Favola um, if you had made him your your wild card pick. Give him Armin Sarukian, see how he does. Uh, didn't he? Uh, didn't he fought him already? Oh, that's right. He fought him on short notice. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, Matush Gamron, someone like that. Oh, or, wow. or we go Maddie Favola versus Rafael Faziv because there's no way oh, that's yeah. not a blast. Because I would have gone Dober Faziv had Dober won the fight. Um, I mean, I see a lot of obviously Favola wants Patty Pimblet. Uh, I saw some Dober patties. We don't know what Patty's doing. Doesn't seem like he's coming back anytime soon. Seems like that injury is is pretty bad. So he said, he, you know, recent interviews, he doesn't even know if he's going to be able to fight this year. So I'm sure Frivola and or Dober are going to want to come back a little bit sooner than that. So yeah, I don't know if that's really, I don't know if we can really match rate for Patty at this at this moment, but be interesting. Andrade versus Verna Jandaroba, not a bad idea. Verna, did she call? She called for that. She, she, she did. For that, she did. I don't know. She called. I. I'm sorry, guys. I'm blanking on here. She called for a fight with someone. I. Obviously, her fight would have been before the. Um, who did she call for a fight for? I'm sorry, guys. It, it, she did call for a big name. It probably wasn't Andras because again, her win was before that. What did she call for? Lamosh. Maybe it was Lamosh. Yeah, Lamosh got to do something. She kind of. She, she could it, also it, get the title shot. Again, I think Yash. I don't think over her. I think Jan jumped over her with this win, but I can't remember who Jan Jarova called out. Jan Jarova had, had a good fight session. Guys, YouTube YouTube comments if you uh, if you want to uh, refresh my memory, please do. You guys are always on top of things, but um, yeah, I don't I don't mind I don't mind uh, uh, Virna versus uh, Jessica Andrade. Yeah, be a great fight. Yeah, Jayfish Favola versus Vaziv Lopez versus Lorone Murphy. Wouldn't hate it. I think Mur- Murphy kind of deserves a little bit better if we're being honest. Uh, not that that's disrespectful to Diego Lopez because he looked great, but Lerone mm. is unde- unbeaten in the UFC and probably deserves like a fringe top 15 guy at, at worst. And Alice Garrett versus Joe Pfeiffer. That would be a, a very interesting fight. Yeah. I uh, love the call out of Bo Nickel too. Love the call out of Bo Nickel. Very smart. Versus Dustin Jacob. Was this not booked at some point or already happened? Am I on, am I crazy? Did they fight? I, no, I'm super crazy. It's not, it's not. Yeah. A thing. I just that's a great that. matchup though. Enzachuku looked incredible last night. Thank you, Gerard Biagin. That's a great matchup. It's a good puck. Uh, uh, Jordan versus Bill Algio. Yeah, I like Algio for what did I want Algio for? Oh, I think I wanted him for like someone who fought recently. Someone who fought last. Night. My memory is just absolutely fantastic today. By the way, Padilla. <laughs> no I sleep. I, like, I think I was like Padilla or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. No sleep. Celtics. Celtics playing. Celtic. Celtic, not the Celtic. Yeah, thought I heard it as. Thought I heard nope, it as. Nobody cares about that. Oh, it was an apostrophe S. It was an apostrophe no. S. <laughs> Celtic playing. Ooh, I kind of like this one from Pro Fights Info. Kennedy is Chuku versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. Yeah, Mirzakhanov again. Another guy, <sighs> another guy coming up. That's a good one. Kennedy versus Nikita Krylov, AK. Is Krylov, is Krylov not fighting someone? Because that makes a lot of sense if he's not. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I think we were thinking about... I think a lot of people threw out Krylov's name to fight Alex Pereira at the move at 205, but I don't know if he's got anything booked. Great great job by Kennedy and Zuchukwu to make the most of that opportunity because if he just wins a decision against Devin Clark, we're probably not talking about it much, but he's showing off like how much he's evolved. He's get, he's snagging that finish against a guy who's who's not like super easy to put away. He's uh, I think that was his first... Oh, no, sorry. I was saying no. No, I, I was going to thought it was his first submission loss. It's not. First in the UFC? No, not even. I'm way off. He gets submitted all the time. Either way, Kenny's Chuko, great job getting <laughs> getting that submission. Great Frivol- job. Ken. Some Frivola Moicano action. That yep. would be uh that'd be an easy fight to book. Yep. That'd be an easy, easy fight to book. Same management team. Shout out to to Orrin Hodak. 
Uh, another Kennedy versus Volkan Ozdemir. Yeah, listen, Kennedy again. Kennedy's did a lot for his stock last night. He he. This was a. I'm, I I don't want to say it was a fight I wasn't looking forward to. I just didn't think it would have any major implications for either guy's career. It, it this I guess this is the definition of a real sleeper because I I certainly wasn't thinking about it much. I don't know how much fans were talking about it. If there was a big buzz for it, I must have missed it. But yeah, he got. Getting the finish is very important. That's not that's not listen, that's not the be all end all in uh in the MA and in the UFC, but huge difference between him winning a even a, a convincing decision over Devin Clark and getting a finish. It's kind of the problem we have with Mozart now, Mike, is the guy just the one thing he's really missing too is a finish. He has not finished anyone in the UFC. Uh, and it's not like he was a major finisher before the UFC either. He's kind of always been a guy who, who you know, uh, wins decisions, which is fine. You can be an exciting fighter and go to decision a lot. A lot of people have made careers out of it. But I think when you're trying to get a title shot, you really need to put a stamp on it. And great that he was an awesome back and forth fight with Diego Lopez. That's cool. But it looks a bit weird because there was a guy coming in on short notice, an experienced guy, but a guy that doesn't have that literally zero UFC experience. And then you you still couldn't get that finish. Seven and oh now, I want to say, in the UFC. No finishes. It's a tough look. It's a tough look. They're important. They're important. Um, and it sucks because some divisions it's easier to find them than others, but I mean, you got to find a way. While the sport can have the highest of highs, AK, it also gives us the lowest of lows and things can happen very quickly and momentum can shift career trajectory rise in the drop of a hat. And for Marina Rodriguez, main events of fight loses Size is the favorite on the prelims against a tough fighter, loses again, and Oscar Lara drops a suggestion that seem would probably seem at first glance to break your heart a little bit, but I can totally see this fight being made, and boy, would this be a tough draw for Marina Rodriguez. Tatiana Suarez. It's a it's Oscar, that's a great pick. It's a great pick because Tatiana, for one thing, her most recent fight, her comeback fight, was at 125. Not not that people have any questions of whether she can make 115 or if she's still a contender at 115. I think all of us on the MA Fighting's rankings panel, we all just kind of agreed, like, let's just rank her at 115. I don't, I don't know if any of us ranked her at um, at 125. We kind of know she's going to come down. She has a body of work that's like, she's obviously a top 10 straw weight. Um, and for Marina, I mean, Mike, it is a tough, it is a tough straw to draw, but at the same time, for someone who has had some, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, some bad luck with uh, her contender hopes in her in her recent appearances, that gets her right back in, right? If she can upset Tatiana Suarez, I think Suarez goes into that fight like at least minus three hundred, minus two fifty. But if you're Marina, it's you, you really need to find a way to get back in there because it looked like we were talking about her for so long, like as someone who deserved a title shot and wasn't getting it. The circum at the same time, the circumstances just didn't work out for her like there was all these rematch options that came up for the champions and other storylines that just didn't fit i talked about needing a finish she just doesn't have like a lot of signature finishes and now she's on a two-fight win streak and it seems like that title shot is so far away now but she beats tatiana suarez she's back in there so yeah that's a really good suggestion uh, dirty rags says bs stoppage in the andrage fight i just watched it look it's <laughs> I think uh, I think GC kind of said that while during the watch party, he thought the stoppage was a little fast, and maybe it was, but that wasn't going to get much better. Like she was going to get hammer fist in the face for another ten seconds, and the fight was going to get stopped anyway. So I don't have a huge issue with it, but I get it. I get it. Um, Andrade is tough. She's a wily vet. You're, I kind of agree. You probably should have given her a little bit more time to try to come back from that, but I don't think it was going to get much better and. It is what it is. I've seen way worse stoppages than that one. Was that um, Jason Herzog? I don't remember seeing Jason Herzog. Oh, let me do a quick. Sorry, guys. I was uh, on this card at all. Uh, oh. Now, now that you mention it, oh, it was Vitor. It was Shaolin. Shaolin was the oh yes <laughs> Shaolin in there. Yes, yes. Uh, Vitor Ribeiro was the uh, the official. So I and it, I he's, it, this is not his first time. I believe he's done. I believe he's done a UFC card before. So I he has. Yeah. So I don't think it's like. I don't think we want to pull the uh, oh where'd they get this guy from like he's an experienced fighter he's um you know he's uh he's refereed before but I understand if people are like who who Vitor Ribeiro it's like yeah that that Vitor Ribeiro <laughs> K 
Kennedy versus Ryan Spann. But you know what? Those at Fortis MMA get to watch these two guys beat the uh, hell out of each other every single day because uh, they're see. teammates. So I don't think they're going to fight each other. Uh, Alex Zara versus Andre Muniz. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Parker Porter versus Bo Usman. Love it. I like it. You like it? I Yeah, I like I I, I don't know. I just like the, the visual. Though I was going to say comparing physiques, Parker Porter is looking pretty good. He dropped, he dropped like he, how much lighter was he for this fight than his last fight? Um, Almost 20 pounds. I think. Yeah, because he was 249. Did he cut? Does he, did he usually came at the limit like 265, 266? I think he was like 260 something in his last fight, but you could tell like, yeah, even if he was, he, he just wow. looked in better shape. Wow, 15 pounds, 15 pounds lighter. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Could we see light heavyweight Parker Porter someday? Like, I don't know. Parker yeah. Porter, Augusto Sakai, if they can re-sign Augusto, Which give him back should. to Vegas residency, yes, buddy. <laughs> give me my 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 fat Elvis Augusto Sakai Vegas residency, damn it. Uh, uh, Mike, let me quickly read what so, uh, I because I had someone who hadn't sent me before. I do like to read first timers at QP Crisp on Twitter. First time sending picks, long time listener. Hopefully having the best day anyone could ever possibly have. Oh, thank you. Same that goes out to you, Mike, and all the listeners as well. Uh, okay. Aljo, Sean O'Malley, Bilal Kamaru. Mike, that's not going to happen, right? No. Okay. Yan Shanan versus Amanda Lamosh. I guess that would be if Rose somehow stepped into a title shot. You have them fight for number one contender, but I, I don't think they need to do that. Uh, Mosar Vloyev Giga. Charles Rodin, Jack Shore, Mafravola, Damir Ismagulov, Kendi and Zuchuku, Dustin Jacoby, another one of those. And uh, Chaos Williams versus Lee Jingliang. Thanks, uh, thanks, QP Crisp. Thank you for sending it. Yeah, Dirty Reg is, I mean, just really believing that this was a, a bad stoppage. And I'm not saying you're terribly wrong about that, but we've seen worse. And I mean, what else can you say? I, Jessica Andrade didn't seem to protest it at all. So um, certainly aesthetically in the aftermath the drew dober stoppage like at least how drew reacted to it uh that was a lot of protest jessica andrade didn't seem to protest at all so and the even the uh the broadcasters so what could he do what could he do uh saw some chaos williams versus kevin holland thoughts i think kevin holland is probably going to get someone a little higher uh, I like Ke- I like Kevin Holland versus the upcoming fight between Daniel Rodriguez versus Ian Gary. I kind of like that fight. The the winner, the winner of that fight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. Chaos Williams. Um. Yeah. Listen, he's look he's looked good at 170. Uh, uh Fernando Padilla. Oh no, sorry, sorry <laughs> Fernando Padilla. That was last week. Rolando Bedoya gave a very tough fight in his years of debut. But hey, hey credit to Chaos. Chaos was coming back from uh, a layoff too, I believe. Right. Chaos hadn't fought in. That was a year, almost a year. A year off, you know. So. Uh, so uh, and Bedoya, but also had not fought in a while. But I'm just you know, but still, uh, good to see. You sometimes you gotta gut out those weird wins. You know, sometimes you gotta gut out those weird wins. And yeah, maybe you know, he's not a. I'm not saying Cass Williams is a top twenty five guy, but maybe, maybe he's inching his way towards uh, towards one of those spots. Yeah. All right, I think we're done here. I gotta get out of this. At least check out of my room. I still gotta continue to work on work work here. But next week, uh, I mean, I can't. I couldn't be more excited about this. Holy AK. chow. ABC, and you know what that means when the when the UFC is on ABC and they're on the East Coast, that means we get early fights. We get early fights. Eleven thirty a.m. Eastern is when it all kicks off in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm so excited about this. Eleven thirty a.m. prelims, three p.m. main card for UFC Charlotte or UFC on ABC Four. Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Jelton Almeida, the main event. Anthony so by the Smith time Walker. So Mike, by the time people are settling in on the East Coast for for a dinner, they could randomly be turning tuning into ABC, just flipping channels. Oh, ABC. Oh, cage fighting. I've heard of this on ABC. That's kind of cool. Just put this on, and they could be catching the best heavyweight in the world randomly. That's the guy fantastic. who's actually going to fight Sergey Pavlovich next. That's fantastic. I love. I love to hear it. Yes. D-Rod versus Ian Machado, Gary, Mackenzie Dern, Angel Hill, Tim Means, Alex Morono. That's the main card. Matt Brown, Court McGee. we got Carl Williams versus Chase Sherman. Cody Stamen against Douglas Silva de Andrade. Carlos Ulberg versus the Shogun Destroyer, Ihor Poteria. Natan Levy versus Pete Rodriguez. Gian Kim versus Mandy Boehm. Gabe Green, Brian Battle, and Jessica Rose Clark versus Tainara Lisboa. That is your UFC Charlotte card as of right now. And again, I'll say this again. I'm so excited. So excited 
eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time, start time for UFC Charlotte. So thank you very much, everybody. You're the best. Uh, we'll get this up on the podcast network as soon as possible and back next week for a normal show, a normal show in AK. This card's going to end so early. We could probably record Atno like Saturday night. And we might. And we might just and do we that. might. We might just do that just because <laughs> I want you to be well-rested for um, the Boston Celtics probably playing next Sunday because you're a big Celtics fan. Which Being I in which, as of this recording, I know people here on the podcast later, they'll know the results already, but Celtic is up one nothing with about uh, 15 minutes to go in the match. So hopefully I, I by the time you hear this, guys, I'll be celebrating uh, Celtic Scottish Premiership title. Well, enjoy the rest of that. And uh, have a good day, everybody. We appreciate you. Back next week to recap UFC Charlotte from Matchmaking Perspective right here and on to the next one, the podcast. Good day. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.